Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Sex, Psycho, Love, and Me. I'm your host, Edna Zoe. We're a podcast that shares real stories with real people regarding their journeys with love. Today's guest is a life empowerment and relationship coach, Margo. Thank you for, for joining us. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me today, Edna. Great. Do you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yes, um, I would love to. So I really like and want to empower as many women as possible. And that's why I'm a life empowerment coach. I really help women get specifically women and some men really figure out what they really need in their lives and relationships to be living their best life in relationship to be really happy instead of just sort of struggling through. So that's really my mission on the planet and what I'm excited about. Yes, I love that. And it's definitely something very much needed. Do you want to just kind of jump in? Yes. Well, I think that I would like to start with probably the thing that has been the most or was the most challenging in my life, which was the end of my marriage. So I was, you know, quote unquote, happily married. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I thought I had like this sort of perfect relationship or at least that it had all the possibilities of being a perfect relationship. You know how you do that. And my husband, my ex-husband and I, we had like 17,000 followers. And this is way back, like in 2000 and early 2000s. And just a lot of people were um, paying attention to our relationship and saying, oh, you guys are such a beautiful couple. Everything's so great. And I think that sort of pushed me into this image place a little too, which was like, Oh, I really need to make this relationship perfect. And so Mm -hmm. I, I realized I started giving up a lot of aspects of myself so that I would please him. And then I wouldn't do things that he was going to get upset, mad at. And I was like, I started wearing almost a relationship mask, like this perfect, like little wife, you know, Mm. I'll do everything you need me to do. (laughs) I'm just going to be happy. So anyway, I, I basically what happened is I, I thought that I was happy, but really I was miserable inside. It was this weird dichotomy. How did you um, guys meet? Well, actually we met in um, hypnotherapy school. I'm a certified hypnotherapist oh. and we met wow. <laughs> in the first opening circle. This is such a funny story. We were sitting in this big circle and this is in Denver, uh-huh. Colorado. And, um, we're talking about, you know, like where we're from and introducing ourselves the very first day of class. And then he's like, yeah, I'm living in Boulder. I'm living in Tantric Lake apartments. And I'm like, well, so do I, I live in that apartment in those apartments. <laughs> I was oh, wow. right next door to him. We no both way. just moved there from Europe and we were the only two people we knew in all of the city of Boulder. And so I ended up that we, you know, not only became really good friends, but we became more than that eventually. So it was kind of like, we felt like fate had pushed us together. Mm-hmm. You know, like the universe was conspiring oh, to have us, you know, meet each other. Yeah. That's amazing. That's a cool story. And I'm sure it contributed to the whole, you know, perfect marriage story too. Right. And so, you know, I, I realized that I gave up a lot of myself in order to make the marriage work. And what came to me later on was that I was actually living in what I call a golden cage. I kind of coined that term, which was like, it was like, I, 
it looks beautiful mm-hmm. from the outside. It was all gold and glitter and everybody was jealous, but I was really trapped inside and I was trapped out of fear, fear that if I fear of being alone, fear of disappointing other people, fear of what they would think if I actually, you know, left the relationship and, and decided it wasn't going to work for me and, you know, fear I would never have a, a better relationship, all those, 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 those things. Can you give me an example of, of some of the things that you felt like you were losing of yourself? Well, in the, my creative outlet, one of the big things that was stifled um, was that we actually had a joint business together, which I don't really recommend. And <laughs> I was, as a relationship coach, I hint, do not do that with your husband if you can avoid it. <laughs> I, I was writing articles for him and, or for him, that sounds funny. Like, it was like I was disempowered because he was so critical of what I was writing that I started feeling like that I was less than because my vision or what I was writing was different than what he wanted. And so I lost like my own sense of like who I really was, like what I really wanted to communicate to the world because he was censoring everything. Does that make sense in his vision? Instead of standing up and being like, this is who I am. I was just like, Oh, well, he must know best. And so I was getting more and more like disempowered that way. Mm. That's one of the aspects. And the second thing is that he, unfortunately, he had a vision of a woman that I was not. He wanted me mm. to be like the super adventure woman that would go on these crazy adventures with a drop of a hat and never think about security or locked doors or be just really like super, <clears throat> just super adventurous and trusting. And I am, I, I think trusting, but I kind of believe in locking like your car door, things like that. And, and, yeah. and so what yeah. I was discovering was that he was, he pushed, he was trying to push me into his fantasy of what a woman should really be like, like the super oh. carefree, like, um, kind of like, oh, how to explain it, you know, really kind of a little bit more out there. Yeah. And so, well, I felt that I had some of those qualities. I kept trying to bring more of those qualities out there. And so what was happening was that I was getting more and more like unsure of who I really was because I was playing this game. Like, well, if he wants to do this, I guess I should want to do this, but I didn't really want to do the thing. Like I didn't really want to stay up all night having this crazy thing we were doing, you know, there's yeah. a lot of and ultimately, Edna, to be really, really like clear and transparent, what actually ended up happening, which really shows you the the level to which I started sort of feeling disempowered because I was trying to save the marriage, was that he brought another woman into our relationship. Oh, wow. And this and was so, to be experimental or? Well, this is the, the crazy thing. It started out. Now we've had a couple of conversations because he was really pushing in that direction. Like, Oh, I really want to like, you know, experiment and like ha- have a threesome and wouldn't that be great? And I was like, oh, I don't know. But he's like, yeah, I think it'd be great. And you're not getting any younger kind of energy. Um, wow. I went on this trip, like to do this, this weekend workshop. And when I came back, I noticed um, immediately he picked me up from the airport. I knew something was totally wrong. Like his face was like, had totally changed. His energy had changed towards me. And I knew something like had happened. He said, I need to tell you what happened when you were gone. You know, I met this woman, actually somebody I had met and she's amazing. And I totally, you know, you have to meet her and we have to have a threesome with her. Basically he like sort of did this thing where he was like, this is our opportunity to have a threesome. And she's amazing. Yeah. But he was basically falling in love with her. So 
I did try it out and there was some great moments in it, but mostly what I discovered was that it just kind of showed me that first of all, it's not really what I wanted. I didn't want an open yeah. relationship. I was pushing for that. And it, it forced me to really come to grips with who I was like, you know, as something crumbles and starts to fall and it's really disturbing to you because basically everything you've ever wanted is starting to like slip away. When that started to happen, I was realizing like, okay, I think I'd better, you know, let go. Um, but there was a lot of fighting originally, you know, I really wanted him to be, I really wanted him to see the truth of our relationship and to be happy with us. And I was okay. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, you want to experiment, but it got deeper for him. And he, he, you know, decided that he really wanted to be in this experience of, you know, mm -hmm. at least a threesome. And eventually he ended up going with her, like to moving with her to a different place um, and leaving, you know, the state. Um, wow. So how long were y'all married when that happened? Had y'all ever talked about it before? Yeah. You know, he, he was kind of a, that has very open-minded kind of energy and it's not actually I'm fairly open-minded too there was I didn't think anything inherently not great with it I'm like oh this could be good you know yeah um I just wasn't quite sure if I was ready for that or I just felt like there were risks that maybe our relationship in my opinion needed to be more stable if we were going to do that I already feel like there's more of a foundation and we had already had a kind of to to be honest with you and uh we had kind of a rocky road. There were so many times when I thought a relationship was great. And then all of a sudden there would be these, you know, explosions, things that well, I say explosions, but moments of really yeah. intense, you know, arguing or things that would happen. And it, 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 I wasn't what I really get in hindsight, you know, was that I wasn't getting my relationship needs actually met. And that was mm -hmm. what was creating all the, all the upset. I speak with my clients a lot about relationship needs and my need for connection and my need for um, my need for like really meeting me in certain levels. Like mm -hmm. I was saying on an emotional level wasn't, wasn't being met. Like, I yeah. didn't feel gotten or understood or my fears. Like I had, you know, one of the things that I've struggled with a lot in my life and really worked on overcoming is fear and anxiety mm -hmm. and to oh, be yeah. with a partner that doesn't get that that can't support it and help you with fear instead kind of pushed against it like we well, shouldn't be afraid let's go do something the opposite let's get you even more scared so that you'll get over it you know that tough love just didn't work for me <laughs> yeah i know right so when you you had mentioned earlier you had a bunch of followers like was that with social media was it you trying with your business with your husband is that how yeah so we, connecting with you yeah we had a, a business together we wrote a book and we had a whole program oh. it was really before social media was super um popular um because this we're talking about like around 2004 yeah 2003. so we had a a program basically about manifesting uh -huh. how to manifest how to shift your energy and your vibration to higher levels for manifesting. And what I mean by 17,000, we had 17,000 people on our, our email list and we were very active and wrote um, daily <laughs> messages to our list. And so there was a lot of like interactions that direct way we had. So we had a big following that way, which was quite a uh, bit at the time. Yeah. And we did a lot on our website and stuff like that to really 
Facebook was, had it didn't have its, you know, the rest of the social media outlets weren't that um, in place. Well, I'm just curious, um, do you think that had like a big impact on how your marriage was at the time? Like, because you were trying to make it work and clearly you weren't really agreeing with the way things were going. Right. I mean, you know, when you're really working on, you are, you have an image to uphold of like, yeah. wow, we have our act together. We had like this perfect love story on our social, on our, on our internet website. Sorry, that sounded funny on our website. Yeah. It, it was really hard because like we had this story about how we met, you know, and how great we were for each other and kind of, wow. Well, so eventually we had to like come clean and, you know, that oh, okay. we, like talking to divor divorce at that point. Yeah. So here's what happened. I think there's two parts of the story that might be interesting. One is yeah. we set up an agreement that we would only do the, the threesome as an experiment. And that if I felt uncomfortable at any time, we would just end it. Uh -huh. So after like a month, I mean, a couple times of experimenting, I came to him and I said, we have to end this. I'm not comfortable with this experience. There's different dynamics that are not okay with it. <laughs> well, I had hoped that I was just going to add some, you know, newness and some excitement to things. But what, yeah. I really got, but what I really got, I got already that her energy was very directed towards him and vice versa, that they were, of course, that was the newness and they were excited by each other. And I already was feeling like I was the third, you know, third wheel, the third one out. Wow. So how did that, that make means, you feel being his wife? Oh, it was awful. And uh, to tell you the truth, was the, one of the hardest things to work was my self-esteem, my sense of being attractive, you know, all of that kind of went downhill quickly. Wow. And, and I had to really um, dig deep. You know, I had fortunately a lot of spiritual practices in place and, and things that support me to start mm -hmm. getting like, okay, this is not really about you. You know, you still have worth, but it did take a, I did basically take a big kind of hit on that. That was, you know what I mean? It really yeah. hurt to see this and to realize that he was really into her. And it wasn't just something fun that there was something deeper for him in that. So basically what happened one day is I went to him and I said, I remember the moment so distinctly, you know, he was lying on the couch and I came to him and I said, I think I really need this to end. This is not working for me. And he said, I can't do that. I can't do it. It, it's, it would be like asking me to walk in the darkness for the rest of my life oh. with no sunshine or flowers or anything. Wow. Some, something like that. Very poetic response. Yeah. Um, but very like, there's no way I'm doing this. Yeah. I'm not shutting this door. And so that started this entire, like another six months of, intensity of me trying to fight like I would say fight but like you know push back and be like no really see how amazing we are we need to do counseling we need to do this you know trying to save the marriage and mm. and him getting more and more involved with with her yeah until finally I basically just got strong and said okay well if this is the way it's going to be then I guess we're going to need to get divorced I'm not willing to play with play this game anymore yeah that's tough, man. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, we, we were amicable in that 
there was never any like I really got that he was just simply following his heart and it, he wasn't really being mean about it. Yeah. But uh, it was still really heartbreaking. Yeah, I'm sure. So we did it. We did an amicable divorce and, and so forth. And we, we still are friends. Um, but anyway, it was definitely a challenging. It was the most challenging year I've, I've ever had, I think. What was one of the most important lessons you learned from that? Do you think? <clears throat> well, definitely the foundation of self-love. <laughs> How yeah. important self-love really is to have a healthy relationship with another like in order for me now, what I realized that I needed to go and let go of all my expectations of being in a relationship, and really focus on me and loving myself and showing up the way who I am and not trying to change myself, not trying to be something for someone else, but just be really okay and thrilled about who I am and really celebrate that. And yeah, so that was one good. of the big things I focused a lot on. I'm really deepening my sense of self-love. I did a lot of um, sort of healing exercises around that, that I, I teach some of my clients. Um, <clears throat> but I like doing the mirror exercise where you, you know, you look in your eyes and you really say, I love you. I love exactly who you are. I love your eyes. I love your hair. I love your personality. I love, you know, basically just inundating myself with self-love on a regular basis uh -huh. was very yeah. helpful. And then facing my fear of being alone, like mm. I had to realize that it was that this whole thing about being alone was really holding me back from living a life that, that I could love living a life with somebody who really wanted to be with me, who, you know, I say really wanted to be with me, like truly wanted to be with me. Yeah. Who I was not just their image of who I was. Right. Yeah, not turn you into someone else in the process. Right, and so yeah. I had to be willing to take the risk of being by myself. Yeah. Not being in a relationship, right? Um, so that was a really huge thing for me. So I, I got, you know, strong after the divorce, and I was like, okay, I'm going to focus on finding joy and being alone, like really mm -hmm. becoming – you know, friends with myself to such a level that I enjoy it, that I'm not seeking, you know, someone else all the time to, you know, spend time with. There's this thing, I'm very social. So I guess I just love being with people. Yeah. yeah. And, and I love being in relationship. I really am a relationship person. So being alone, it, it was challenging for me. And while I still prefer relationship, I'm much more comfortable and enjoy my own company more. How long did it take you to finally decide, okay, I think I'm in a good place to start dating? I gave myself a little bit of space. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly. It might have been around. Well, I actually made a mistake, and it's actually in the book. I forgot this. It's been a while, in the. <laughs> um, no, because this is, it feels so distant sometimes, you know? Yeah, like a whole but different time. I, I kind of you know, had this crazy, you know, rebound relationship with someone. And there are definitely, that's a big watch out the way yeah. that I went about it. Um, you know, what happened to me was I was in such a state of like feeling that loneliness and still trying to be like, okay, probably should be alone. But oh, this is such a, an amazing moment. This person, you know, 
is so into me. This is so romantic. I kind of got swept, you know, swept off my feet, so to speak. Yeah. And went into a fantasy world for a few months that was unhealthy. Really? Do you think it was too soon? Well, one, I think it was way too soon. <laughs> it's a relationship <laughs> coach years later. This is what pushed me to become a relationship coach was <laughs> uh-huh. um, kind of the unraveling of all of this. I, I was, you know, you can't build a very very healthy foundation with somebody if you're grieving someone else. Yeah. And, and you're like, I was like crying every single day. Like, this is not an easy thing to be in a relationship oh, with. And I was being like, oh, I wish, you know, he was here. Well, because I can't believe, you know, we're not doing this together and that together. This guy was like, this is not something I really can handle. There was just so much emotional stuff for me to process. Yeah. So that's one of them. And and the second one was that he, you know, um, there are certain types of people. And I think he is one of them who builds sort of fantasies at the beginning of a relationship and goes in really fast, you know, Mm. like, Oh, I can just see us. We're going to be amazing together. I can see our future. You know, they build this vision. And then I, because I was in a very um, susceptible place and very, um, you know, I was really in need of something like, oh, there's a future here. I kind of mm-hmm. bought into this future really quickly. Mm-hmm. Like a matter of weeks. This is, I'm talking crazy weeks. Wow. Uh, but that's a big red flag in most situations. If somebody falls in love with you and says, okay, we should be getting married. We do all this stuff within weeks. That's just way too fast in reality for most people. <laughs> that would be a red flag almost. <laughs> it is a huge red flag. And then so, I was, I was super, like, I think I was in such an intense, you know, place in my life where I was going through so much upheaval, having, you know, lost the relationship that I thought was quote unquote, such a beautiful, perfect relationship. And part of me thought that, that I was, it was easy for me to fall into this fantasy. But then, you know, I had this really rude awakening when I discovered that it wasn't real, right? We didn't have, you know, we didn't have what it, what we needed to have a real relationship that could have any future, right? Yeah. Um, and you, but you found so, that, did that come to you like after the divorce or, or was it part of like the mourning process? Yeah. Yeah. As far as the, me and my ex-husband, it was definitely part of the mourning process realizing how much I had given myself up to be in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it really came to light, like the entire thing unfolded. And then I realized this huge um, realization and uh, was that I actually most likely manifested this that I did manifest it because uh-huh. I write in my book about the story where there was an incident that happened between us where I basically, you know, said, Hey, you know, Hey God, I really need to find a way on this relationship. This is not working for me. I need to mm. get strong and leave this relationship. There have been some things that have happened basically about nine months or 10 months before any of this unfolded with the other woman. And I started realizing that this was not good for me, that there were just that I was giving up too much of myself and that it was too unhealthy in certain ways. And um, I sort of, I have this very distinct memory uh, of being like, okay, I need help. Help me. 
I need to find the strength. I think I catalyzed her into existence. I really believe that my energy was like, okay, I need to move on, but I can't move on because I, because it, it was so hard for me. You know what? I want yeah. to work so much. So anyway, I, I kind of brought her into existence. So all of these realizations, a lot of them came. And then when I wrote the book, um, uh -huh. the golden page from entrapment to empowerment, which was 10 years later, basically. Wow. What made you decide to write the book? Well, first of all, I'd always wanted to write a book that would empower other people. Mm -hmm. And I knew I had a book inside me that needed to come out into the world um, about this topic. And I heard about this writing course, like write a book in a weekend. Oh. And I thought, I'm going to do that. And but I had no idea what the book was about. Like, okay. And so what started happening though, which is really interesting, is I started getting images. So basically the week or two before I started writing the book, before that Friday when the seminar was supposed to begin, you were supposed to start writing your book. Mm -hmm. I got these pictures of golden cages in my mind. I would see a cage. I'm like, I wonder why I'm thinking of cages. That's weird. I had like no idea. And so then when we actually started writing the book, I wrote the book in three days. And wow. the first day and a half of it, well, basically at least day, I had no idea what I was, even what it was about. I just started writing as fast as I could about what came to me. And as I wrote the book, I discovered <laughs> that it really was about the experience of being trapped in a golden cage, how it happens in relationship and how it also happened in my um, in careers. Wow. I, I had the same kind of experience, a bit basically allowing myself to let the bars of fear trap me in situations where I was truly unhappy and mm. that became my own cage. But everybody in the outer world thought it was really this beautiful golden thing they were jealous of. Wow. So anyway, as I wrote that book, I think writing is probably one of the most healing things you can do. Really, it was super healing because a lot of awareness, you know, more awareness came into play about how I really had, you know, kind of co-created this experience. Yeah. But any remnants of victimhood sort of started leaving, you know, the victim energy. I was like, Oh, wow. I'm so grateful this happened. And I got to this really profound place of gratitude for the other woman who, who had been a catalyst for the end of our relationship. Like I really needed her to come along. Wow. So I'm actually profoundly grateful for her and profoundly grateful that the marriage ended. Like, yeah. so, so happy about that. Well, it's, it's awesome that you found that silver lining because I think a lot of people hold on to, to, you know, why it happened. Like, or they don't go there to mm -hmm. figure out why it got to this point. And all they can think of is um, the moment, you know, that this person came into our lives and ruined our, our marriage. But I think it, it's probably deeper than that. And then you making it into something, you know, powerful and powerful for you and, and with gratitude. I think that's amazing. When you were writing the book, did it also shift your mindset on, on what you wanted and, and basically in my eyes, what you deserve in a relationship? Definitely. I feel that it really helps me, first of all, help me see the pattern that I've operated in under relationships, uh -huh. basically, 
giving up part of myself in order to please my partner, that it was a pattern. And I did it after another time that's discussed in the book too, after my marriage. And so it really became clear the pattern. And then I got a strong awareness of, oh, this is what needs to happen for me to break the pattern. I did some sort of self-development processing work that I do with my clients to sort of break and shift some of the limiting beliefs that I had and some of the limiting patterns around mm-hmm. relationship. Basically, hey, I have to, you know, give up part of myself in order to really be in a good relationship because my partner is not going to be able to accept who I truly am. You know, mm-hmm. I, I have to settle. The sense of settling was wow. strong. And so after I wrote the book, I think it elevated my sense of knowing one that I did deserve being in a relationship with somebody who loved truly all aspects of me, even the scared parts, even the parts that I wanted to hide because they weren't as beautiful, quote unquote, right in the world, the parts that mm-hmm. weren't as empowered. Um, and that I deserve to be with somebody who also met me on all levels. And this is something that really resonates with me is that I, I believe in my own experience that a healthy relationship resonates on all levels of who we are as humans, meaning, you know, our spiritual levels, our emotional levels, our mental levels, you know, our physical levels, that, that all those levels are actually met and that you're not just like kind of hobbling along with, okay, we have a great, you know, physical, emotional connection, but the rest is lacking or we have a mental physical connection, but what about the emotional body? You know, anyway, Mm. I really got clear on how important all of those were. Yeah. And, and willing to do what I call what I work with my clients on is and being really strong and rigorous is basically sorting instead of settling when you're dating, just being like, Uh, okay, I'm sorting, 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 like sorting laundry. (laughs) I'm not settling, you know? Yeah. And I like that. Yeah. It was really a powerful realization how much I'd settled before Hmm. um, for various reasons. And so what ended up happening was that I did, so I did that, I wrote the book and then I did a really powerful sort of healing around relationships. I had, I worked with somebody who just sort of cleared out some of the last remnants, I believe of um, my patterns about one um, being afraid to fully show up in a relationship and be completely real and vulnerable about my um, flawed quote unquote aspects Uh (laughs) Um, and being really willing to be like, this is who I am. And okay. You know, I'm, you know, there's nothing to apologize for here. It's not quote unquote perfect, but it's who I am. And that's beautiful. Right. That kind of energy. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, and then I met this beautiful man three years ago, uh, yesterday, oh, or two days ago. Okay. We had our our anniversary of our date and then of our dating, and we're getting married on June 25th. Yay, that's exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. How did you guys meet? Well, we actually met online, but what's okay. really funny about it, Edna, is this is actually we met when we were both, when I was 14, he was 13 years old. No we way. We went to your high school together, what? but didn't really know that until our first meeting when we met. And then we started talking about our you know history. 
and we discovered we had gone to junior high together. And then we thought, well, we probably never really knew each other in junior high because we didn't remember each other. But then a couple of months later, his mother finds his yearbook and I've signed his yearbook cover. Oh my like, gosh. So we did obviously knew each other back in junior high for a short period of time. That is um, wild. Yeah. So we have these connections and just honestly, and that's been, it's been so beautiful. It is so beautiful and so magical. It's just, and real and grounded. Like, yeah, I feel that we both can fully show up authentically as ourselves, which is such a blessing mm -hmm. and really be accepted, loved and supported as we are. And we know how to really, you know, work through things. If something comes up, work through things in very healthy ways so that our energy just stays in such a beautiful aligned place. It's really, it's really remarkable. I have never experienced any kind of connection like this. Wow. That is beautiful. I love it. Just being able, that's, you give me hope. That's so exciting. I'm, I'm so happy <laughs> for you. I love that. I'm really blessed. Is there anything that you do to kind of maintain that healthy energy and that beautiful relationship? Yes, definitely. I mean, one of the really important things for me is to go outside every day. I like, I ah. think for me, connecting with nature is important, whether it's um, just walking in my neighborhood or hiking or, um, you know, running, looking at the, you know, going to a lake, being with the birds, looking at the squirrels in my backyard. Like I am so, mm, I feel so like, connected and really mm -hmm. in my power and centered when I'm in nature. So it, it really resources me, you know, rejuvenates me. Um, yes. And then I really believe in, you know, daily um, kind of meditative practices, mm -hmm. whether it's doing yoga, I've been into yoga pretty strongly for about five years. Um, oh. Whether it's doing yoga practices or doing a meditation practice, um, a prayer practice of some sort that's mm -hmm. important to me. Um, I really believe that, you know, being able to be okay with and kind of in the silence and in the stillness is, is important. And that's still challenging to me who likes to be social. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yes. So those, those two things I think are, are really, really key. And then one of the things that for me falls under the category of self-love and one that I work with a ton is, is, is working with my mind. I, I do a lot of work on, or spend a lot of like conscious energy on, Oh, where's my mind going? What are those thoughts? And I do a lot of, of monitoring my thoughts and shifting them if they're going in a direction that is not supporting me or someone else. I'm like, Oh, Whoa, look at those thoughts. Okay. But, so a part of self-care for me is actually care of the mind, care of the mental um, thought processes that can yeah. get a little bit out of control. Like if they start snowballing a certain direction, it's like, Whoa, I do this little thing where I put like little red X I'm like, no, we're not going over there. Let's okay. Let's refocus. Oh, wow. This is really what we're creating. And I, and I sort of do a lot of, that mental shifting as I go through my days and weeks and so forth. So I'm very oh, aware of thought processes. That's so cool. Is it part of like a meditation? <laughs> it kind of started that way. Like I do that with clients. I sort of teach them this. 
Mm -hmm. really what it really is, is just um, kind of a monitoring process um, that I do as I go through my life. It's just in seconds, you know, really, I'm just like going, whoa, Oh, hey, my thoughts are going over there. Do I want to go there? No. Okay, I'm going to change it over here. So then I imagine in my mind, I'm like, put little, these little red X's over the, what I quote unquote, the limiting or negative thinking. And then I just mm-hmm. sort of redirect with an error, like, okay, well, what are we thinking about instead? What is a much more positive outcome to that scenario? What do you really want to create? Like, so I guess it's almost like I'm self coaching myself with yeah. my thinking. And it's just a quick 30 seconds to a minute thing that I do. Love to keep it. myself going in the right direction. <laughs> that is so cool. No, I love it. I mean, I I know I try to like when I do some negative self talk, I'm like, hold up, calm down. Like, what's really going on here? So yeah, I can kind of relate, and I think that's really cool that you do that. So Margo, do you feel like you manifested your current partner? I really do because I created the space to manifest him. Like I. Mm. I let go of the relationships that weren't supporting me and to have that space. And then I got very clear also on this is what I really want in a relationship. And I, then I think I got ready energetically for the relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, I worked those fears that had held me back in the past. So I was ready to show up hundred percent me and be willing to risk losing the relationship. If you know, he couldn't meet me. And actually, and then the very first couple of weeks were a little challenging because I'm going to tell you another quick part of the story that's kind of fun. Yeah. We met on June 1st and on June 15th, I left for Thailand and I was gone. <clears throat> I was gone eight weeks. Oh, wow. And so we actually carried on a relationship, quote unquote, via, you know, the phone and text. But, but 14 hours apart, and we really weren't even sure we, we weren't really in a committed relationship. We'd only gone on a few dates with each other. So I I had to really just stand in my power and be like, I'm going to go on this trip, even though I'm super excited about this man. I'm going to just be in the moment and, and not worry about what happens with this relationship and just enjoy all the experience. But it was it was hard because part wow. of me was like, oh, this is great. I want to just grab a hold of this relationship and try it. You know what I mean? Try to Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of surrendering for the first you know, few months of it for that reason. That's so cool. And I, yeah, I get that. I think it's always about timing sometimes. And so that feels, I could feel like that would be kind of stressful, like being so far apart, knowing that you want more with this person, but not sure if when you get back, it'll still be there or be the same. <laughs> and I cool. Because right. I know we've all been through that at some point. We're like, oh, shit he's not going to remember me or is he still going to like me if I'm gone so long or whatever? Totally. And that's exactly what it was like that part of it. And we both were talking about this the other day. We were saying, Oh, we were so thankful it happened that way because it really gave both of us a space to focus on building a friendship, really getting to know each other and to caught up, you know, in that kind of romantic um, lust, lusty kind of energy, you know, when you get over yeah. that, that energy. <laughs> yeah. So kind of putting a pause on, on that to get to know each other better. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah. So that's the other part of the story. It was, it's been really sweet. Um, so right. I know we have a few more minutes, but I was wondering if you want to play a quick game of uh, this or that. Yes. That sounds great. Enough. 
All right, let's just do it real quick and then wrap it up. Thank you so much for being here. This was such a cool story and I feel very like just excited for you and happy. Oh, thank you, Edna. I appreciate it. I really feel blessed. Yeah, it's beautiful. I can't wait to share it with everybody. Okay, so this is kind of like, which do you prefer, this or that? Uh, Would you prefer a smart partner or a funny partner? Oh, that's hard. I know. (laughs) Probably funny, but funny. Fortunately, though, my partner is both of those. I love he it. Makes yeah. me laugh every day, honestly, or every like a Aww. few times a day. <laughs> That's awesome. Are you a Netflix and chill or tickets to a concert? Oh, that's a hard decision. These aren't easy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think I like both. Maybe Netflix and chill, though, more. I went to a concert last night, honestly, real quickly. It was amazing. I saw Francie oh, at the Fox. Cool. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever been to the Fox, but it's really intimate. And he was like right next to me, literally right next to me. It was the most amazing experience. Wow. Anyway, so concerts are great too, but probably more often I I would choose the chill. Okay, I can appreciate that. Uh, fun date or expensive gift? Fun date. Rich or famous? <laughs> oh my gosh. I didn't really think either one would really be it. <laughs> probably rich because I don't think I want to be with somebody who's famous being like stalked and people paying it too much attention to us <laughs> right are you a lover or a fighter a lover for sure okay we'll do one more uh beach or mountains beach yes in the mountains but I want to go to the beach <laughs> <laughs> you and me both well, I really appreciate you sharing your story and just like giving us hope, happy ending. I, I wish you so much love, um, especially you, the end of the month with your wedding. I think it's going to be a really, really special time for you. Is there anything else you want to share with us? Maybe like give us the title of your book and just oh yes, so people can check it out. Yes. So a couple of things here is you can... Um, Get my book on Amazon, and it is called The Golden Cage from Empowerment to Entrapment by Margot Zayer. Z-A-H-E-R. It is helpful to know my last name there. Um, and that will tell you the whole story. So, yeah, you can buy that on Kindle or in a real copy of it. Yeah. And um, also, you can find out more about me and my life, empowerment, and relationship coaching services on my website, margozayer.com. M-A-R-G-O-T-Z as in zebra, A-H-E-R.com. I love it. Yay. This is exciting. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing your time with us. And you're always welcome back. I really appreciate having you. Thank you so much, Edna. It's been such a pleasure being on your show today. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. And we'll be back next week with some more stories. So please, if you have any to share my way, and I'd be happy to have you as a guest. Thanks, everybody.